Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. Today on our LinkedIn Smart podcast, we have another great guest. She returned to LinkedIn in 2017, and within a couple of weeks, she secured a fantastic business deal. And that was just the beginning of her LinkedIn business fairy tale that allowed her to work in countries like China, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, and now Oman. Let's welcome Stella da Silva. So, Stella, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. It's uh, fantastic to have you here on uh, our LinkedIn Smart Podcast. And um, first question for um, all uh, my guests is, how have you started with LinkedIn? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your um, podcast. And um, a very good question on how I started on LinkedIn. I was actually, I registered in 2009, if I remember, but um, left and wasn't very, very active till about 2017, when I just decided that as a freelancer, I wanted to explore um any opportunities in, you know, securing um, clients. So I thought, let me just go back to LinkedIn and see what it's all about. So my journey really started back in 2017. um, And it started off with just putting the odd post here and there, um, and then building up my network. And then within three months of actively and being consistent on LinkedIn in 2017, I actually secured a very, very good um, international gig to deliver training in um, Saudi Arabia. And um, more or less, my my professional career has actually um, changed having been on LinkedIn since 2017. That's a fantastic story and we'll definitely uh, touch upon that and I'll I'll ask you a little bit more about that. But before before we go there, um, I would like to ask you, you know, how do you use, because I'm, I, I know that you're a LinkedIn enthusiast, at least that's what, um, what you have written on your on your LinkedIn profile, um, and you're LinkedIn practitioner. And I like that because, you know, you are using actively LinkedIn to build your community, to build your um, uh, your client's network, and basically benefit from it, right? Is that is that so? That's correct. Um, initially, I genuinely went onto LinkedIn looking for clients. That was the the sole aim i was i was freelancing at the time and i was looking for clients to deliver um training to um and in terms of training i work in education and training um, mainly focusing on quality assurance especially on um, vocational training so that was where my head was at in terms of building um connections and securing um good leads Um, I found that by just um, putting out content in terms of what I did as a trainer um, and evidencing what I did as a trainer on LinkedIn, um, the the clients were were coming without without me really having to go looking for them, if that makes sense. Mm. So, you know, through that, I built an amazing um, network, my 
you know, I, I came back in 2017 with less than 200 connections, if I remember, if I recall. And now, you know, I'm up to about 38,000 followers. And that is just having been consistent and being myself on LinkedIn, in all honesty. Well, that sounds as a fairy tale uh, for many of us. Um, having almost 40,000 followers on LinkedIn is an absolutely fantastic achievement and uh, congratulations to that. I just wanted to Thank ask you. you, is there anything specific um, which you can uh, kind of advise to, uh, to people out there? You know, because I'm sure there are so many business owners, so many people who are uh, trying to actively post, um, actively being, uh, be on on LinkedIn, yet um, they don't have those those results. So, so what is your secret sauce um, to get to these numbers and to create such a um, uh, fantastic community of people on LinkedIn? I think for me, and I'm sure you've probably had a lot of guests where you've asked this same question, and we're all going to come up with different and varied answers because again for me there's no real rule to LinkedIn I found that just being really authentic and I know it's a word that's always banded about on LinkedIn but I um you know just being true to yourself is so important I always say to people especially people I give advice to with regards to LinkedIn that people buy into you first before they buy into your service or your product so you know when I put out content, I put out, I tend to put out content that tends to resonate with a lot of people. And sometimes I get people or I get feedback saying, you know what, I wish I had said that. Those are exactly my thoughts. So again, people are, you know, you almost are able to connect with people. And then through that, they want to find out more about you. And then that is where the sell of your service and your um, um, products come into play. So I think for me personally, and again, you've got to try different things. You've got to find what suits you and how to make LinkedIn work for you. Because what I also say to people is what works for me may not always work for you. So again, it's finding your, you know, finding your place within LinkedIn and seeing how it works. So for me, there's been a lot of trial and error. So I've, I've put out content that has not necessarily worked out for me. Then I've tried something else. Um, at the moment, I'm not in the process of looking for a job or necessarily um, looking for clients. I'm there to, um, um, to build a network. I use a lot of my connections as part of the training that um, I deliver to my um, trainees. So I use LinkedIn for different reasons to what other people are using LinkedIn for. So depending on what it is you're looking for on LinkedIn, be it a job, be it to sell your products or your services, you've got to find a way by trying different things on LinkedIn consistently. And that's, I think that is the key word um, for, for LinkedIn is to be consistent. Uh, you use uh, these two words, which uh, I hear very, very often in regards to LinkedIn, being authentic and being consistent. I think these two are really very, very important. Yet many times the authenticity comes from uh, figuring out 
what actually resonates with our clients, with the with the community which we are which we are part of, right? Um, how I how do you put yourself in the shoes of you know, quote unquote, in the shoes of your community to understand what actually works and uh, and what are these things? You know, how do you how do you how do you listen to those to those people? Probably that would be the the, the question. I think what is more well, what works for me as well is the fact that there is constant engagement, and what I mean by that is. As much as I put out content on my um, on my page on my profile, is as much time as I spend going outside of my profile to go and engage with others. Mm. And again, that gives me a lot of visibility to other people's connections. So people who are not necessarily connected or um, to me see me on other different people's um, posts or content that. Consistently engaging with. If I resonate with um, with somebody's post, be it on a on a on a topic or on a product or recommendations or anything, but I just can connect and I can bring value to that person's content, then I'm going to engage. Through that, I then open myself up to being visible to other people. And from then on, you can actually build a nice client bill, uh, a nice client base, should I say. So what I'm trying to say is that I have actually got clients who were never connected to me. I've had people come to me and said, oh, I loved what you said on somebody else's um, post. I went to check you out and actually I need your services. So again, it's not really just focusing on what you're putting out in terms of content, but also what value you're bringing within your content and to other people as well. So again, it's a mix of both when when you are on LinkedIn. It's key, engagement is key mm. in, in, in LinkedIn. And saying things like, um, I, you know, great share, I like, or this is great, doesn't really bring value doesn't bring somebody to go and then check you out. But when you bring, so when you make a valid comment, when you bring something of value, the chances are they will go and check what you are and what you're about, and they will want to connect with you, even though they don't even necessarily need your services on your pro a product. But the thing you need to start thinking about is, their connections may need your services and products. So hence, there is value in connecting with everybody who connects with you on um, LinkedIn. Hmm. One thing which I picked up from what you've just said is that you mentioned that creating content is not necessarily be creating content on, on your feed, but you know, going out there and creating uh, content on some other people's post and commenting on their post that's actually content as well and that's uh, for many people that's the entry into into creating content i guess because many times i hear well i don't really know what to post about i don't really know what what to say so i think it's very easy right like just find the topics which are interested to you interesting to you and which are somehow relevant to to what you do and you just basically um, add value and uh, comment on those posts, and I think that's that's going to create a lot of visibility. That's correct, right? 
Absolutely. I've lost count how many times I've added, I've put out a comment on somebody's post and that has just inspired me to create my own, my own content from a comment I've made on somebody else's post, especially when I know it's attracted so many likes. So if I've put a comment on somebody's post and it's attracted more than 10, 15 likes on that one comment, then I'm always usually inspired to then go and make content from that one comment. And sometimes it could be, it's enough for me to just copy and paste that comment and use it as my content because I've brought so much value and people really appreciate it that I think, well, I better open it up to other people within um, my connection group. So again, you know, nothing really is off topic on LinkedIn. And I say this all the time because you're always going to have a few people who are going to say this content is supposed to be on Facebook, it's supposed to be on Instagram. Until LinkedIn come to you directly and say this content is not allowed, anything goes on LinkedIn. So don't be scared to put out whatever you feel is that comes to your mind in terms of creating creating content. And it doesn't always have to be work-related. So on the weekends, for example, I tend to keep it light because it just shows my connections and potential clients. It shows maybe the human side of me. So maybe in the week, I'm sort of all business and professional. Then maybe at the weekend, they can see that, yes, I do have a sense of humor. I do have a work-life balance because I'm talking about personal things rather than work-related things. So again, it's all about, you know, finding what works for you without putting on due pressure, thinking you have to be like, everybody else. That's what makes you actually stand out from the crowd. The whole point of being on LinkedIn is you don't want to be like everybody else. Well, that's what I strive to be on LinkedIn. The moment I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to sound like somebody else, so I'm beginning to talk like somebody else, is the moment I will change my content because I want to be different. I want to be unique. Mm. So again, these are the kind of things I'm thinking about as a strategy when I'm putting out content on LinkedIn to attract the right connections, the right network, the right clients. Stella, you mentioned one thing which um, um, I want to point out, and that is somebody, you mentioned that you posted a comment on somebody else's post and that person checked you out. So that brings me to another thing, that is before we start doing all these activities, I think it's really important that we look at our, at, at our LinkedIn profiles, right? Because that For needs sure. to be pristine. That needs to be done in a proper way. And I actually, when I look at your profile, I can see that you're very, very customer and client-centric. Is that, is that something which you purposely done? Yes, because as I said, as I explained to you before, my main focus when I first got back onto LinkedIn was to attract the client. So I needed to demonstrate what value I can bring to that client. So it wasn't necessarily about all my achievements, but I, you know, my profile is about if you have this particular problem in vocational qualification, I'm, I can solve it. I can solve it by delivering training in vocational qualifications. And I'm making sure that I'm giving you the stats. 
So again, on your about section, I'm all about percentages, numbers. This is my, this is the pass rate when I deliver training. These are the number of countries I've been to to deliver this kind of training. So again, I'm very, very specific as to what value I can bring as a trainer. And that is what should be on your about section because a lot of people get it confused by just talking about what they really achieved in life. And yes, that's all good, but that's not necessarily what the client is interested in. The client is interested in, I've got a problem, are you the person to solve that problem? If they read that the answer is yes in your about um, section, they're more likely to um, connect with you and want your service and want your product. Mm -hmm. How important are other parts of your LinkedIn profile and how much uh, time or uh, how, how how focused you are on actually getting these parts ready? Um, and I'm talking about experience, I'm talking about um, endorsements and of course about recommendations my, my on my linkedin my main focus is on my about um uh section i make sure i keep it updated and it's refreshed and it's clean so that people know exactly what i do and if i'm the right person for their bits uh, for, for them in terms of me uh, in terms of them being a client of mine um, my experiences, I've found a new way, and this is from another brilliant connection of mine, Jeff Young, that said to me, and it's something that I still have to do as homework, that said, um, that put up a post about writing about your experiences. And again, for me, my experiences is now going to change to what I have been doing very, very recently. So like even a podcast with you, right now is going to be now under my experience rather than my job experience but again you've got to you've got to have a strategy when it comes to linkedin so what i put on my experiences might not be suitable for somebody who's looking for work they need to be very specific as to what their experiences were in the past if they're looking for work because obviously employers might want to check them out for references this that and the other and this is why i keep saying don't go around copying and pasting from other people's profiles and experiences you've got to make yours unique to you because again when you stand out from the crowd you're more than likely going to attract people to your profile is what i say so again what I'm going to do on my experiences is going to be different. I Recommendations, I have a few recommendations. And again, when I've done, a, you know, when I've served a client, I always now ask for them to give me, um, to, 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 to leave a recommendation. Again, I don't put a gun to their head because you can't. Um, it's always nice when it comes of you not asking for one and you just see one. But again, people do look at your recommendations. So again, if you've done something in the past, if, you, if you've got your, your client's details, this, that, and the other, if they're on LinkedIn, get them to write um, uh, a recommendation. You will have different LinkedIn experts telling you about all the endorsements. The endorsements, again, anybody can, you can get anybody to write, um, to click on the endorsements. So again, that I'm not too sure about, but yes, recommendations, absolutely key that you get them 
on and you keep it updated for sure. It's actually interesting. Uh, recently, I ran the poll uh, about exactly this. You know, if people actually, you know, reading recommendations once they are on a LinkedIn profile, and a vast majority of people they said yes or and always, always I'm reading or very, very often. Just very, wow. you know, I think about like a twenty percent of people they said that that they don't read it. Um, but the majority of the people, they said, yes, absolutely. We always check the recommendation, which actually surprised me, to be honest, because I thought people just don't scroll through the, pro- uh, the profiles. But, you know, um, on the contrary, they do, which is interesting. Right? I, th- I, think, I think also, sorry to interrupt you. I think also once they are sort of taken by your about section of your profile, the chances are they will look through the whole page mm-hmm. So if they're gripped by what you said about you in your about section, they are then going to look at, because I found out, I found that people will look at my profile and then will go and look at my features where I've put out posts and, you know, that have done really well, for example, and will go and comment on those posts. So if they're doing that, then I, I'm pretty certain that after that, they will go further down and start looking at your recommendations and maybe start looking at your experiences. So I think, you know, the, 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 the meat is in the about section for them to be enticed to then move and scroll down further into into your profile. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Stella, because you have really vast majority of followers on uh, LinkedIn. How much time do you spend on LinkedIn on a daily basis? <laughs> so when I started in 2000, when I came back in 2017, I was very, very strategic because I was looking for clients and I was looking for work internationally. I was based in the UK at the time. So it meant that I was spending hours and I'm talking from maybe midnight till six o'clock in the morning on LinkedIn because of time zones. So again, you these are things that people don't even think about, even when they're putting out a post in terms of timings. If you're targeting a particular market and it's international, for example, you've got to think of the time zones. What time are they waking up to to see your post? So these are the kind of things that I was doing back then. So that, you know, in terms of consistency, I was on it. I was spending a good three to five hours. That was way back in 2017. And that's why I quickly got clients in 2017. Um, Now that I'm in a full-time job here in Oman, I put out a post maybe two or three times a week, but I feel that, I put up a post enough that will keep people engaged for about two days. And because of now, because of the numbers of followers that I have, it means that I'm interacting with every single comment that comes on my post. So if you come on my post, you comment on my post, the chances are I'm going to then respond. And that sometimes starts off another, a whole nother conversation with different people. Mm. So now I probably spend maybe on average an hour to two hours a day. So when I come back from work on an evening, I will just go and check out my posts. I'll respond. 
um, and then maybe spend some um, some time over the weekend um, engaging with other people and their and their content. So really, I don't now, Videk, I don't put a lot of pressure on the time I spend on on LinkedIn. Sometimes I am in generally in the mood, and you know, with me saying I'm going to spend an hour, four hours later, I'm still on LinkedIn just because I'm enjoying engaging. I'm I'm I'm, I'm in the moment, and then there's other days where I just feel I need time out, so I'll I'll take the time out. So again, you know, once once you have a, a a good following and you have some amazing connections that no matter what you put out in terms of content, they're going to engage. That also helps with your with your visibility and your credibility as well. Hmm. How much time do you spend on strategizing about your content and I know that you know some people they are putting the content out there and they just they're just natural speakers and or probably you are one of those because I can I can feel that you know it's very easy for you just to to sit in front of the computer and just type in something really you know very nice and interesting and engaging for some people it might take some time so so do you spend time on strategizing you know how to actually come up with the content that will engage with your audience it really depends. And I, I guess I have got a strategy. So when I'm actually delivering training, for example, then my strategy would be to put out content based on the training I'm delivering, just to show people what I'm like as a trainer, what I use, what resources, I give a lot of tips, I support. So in that sense, yes. And then other times at the moment, I'm always inspired by videos. And I don't know when people go and check out my content, I use a lot of videos from, um, from Facebook, from Instagram, and I create my own, my own content on videos, which I just love doing at the moment. So is that a strategy? I guess, but I don't actually spend a lot of time thinking about it. I just see a video and I'm inspired by it and I just put out content. Mm -hmm. What I may do in terms of strategy is if I see a video on a particular, in that particular moment, I put it in my notes and I kind of have an idea of what it is I want to write about. So I put that in my notes and then I create my content to then put it out maybe the following day or the following few days. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a set strategy into um, you know, fully planning what I want to um, write about. If it comes into my head in that moment, then I write about it. So what I mean by that is that there've been various issues, especially in 2020, for example, like Black Lives Matter was a very, very big deal for me. There were days I was having some really down days about it and what was going on and I, and I just put it, I put it out in content. I, I, I was, what I'm trying to say was I almost let my vulnerability mm -hmm. come out on LinkedIn with regards to my feelings on certain issues. And, you know, for some people could resonate with it. Some people didn't necessarily agree with my, with my thoughts. And again, we were still able to have healthy conversations about it. So again, it's, 
you, you've just got to find what works for you without thinking too much about it. Because again, a lot of people have this fear of putting content out that they spend so much time overthinking what they should put out, put out on LinkedIn as content that they don't ever put out content on LinkedIn. So yeah, just go with the flow is what I say. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, tomorrow's another day, put something else out the next day. It's, it's, it's what I'm saying. Right. And again, you touch upon some uh, point which very much resonated with me as well. And that is uh, being able to actually voice your opinion uh, without being afraid that somebody else may disagree and that's okay. I think that's fine. That's life. And I found LinkedIn as a very, very uh, positive platform for that from that perspective. You know, there are no, not so many haters, definitely not, not as many as on other platforms. So I think LinkedIn is a platform where you can uh, probably easily voice your opinion. Do you have, do you have the similar experience? For the most part, yes. And if you go on my LinkedIn profile, you will see that um, as well as being a LinkedIn enthusiast, I've got Troll Slayer there as well. Because again, that that header came from somebody who just says, oh my gosh, Stella, I, you know, the way you deal with kind of haters is amazing because what I tend to do is I just give them a lot of, I just put a lot of love hearts, the emoji, the actual emoji love hearts. In when they say something negative, I just give them a lot of love because when I when you do that, there's usually no comeback. Mm. <laughs> usually, there, there is no comeback. And one particular, there was one particular person on LinkedIn who I would call a troll, who said something really, really disparaging, really, really negative. And all I did was copy and paste his um, comment and just went back on one of his posts and put exactly what he'd said onto his post. So, you know, there are ways of dealing with people like um, trolls. And for me, I'm always, ha I, I welcome um, different views and opinions as long as it's done respectfully on my content. I have no issues with people disagreeing with what I've put up. I just want you not to invalidate my thoughts and I won't invalidate yours. And we can always have a very healthy debate about our differences. And again, it's the way you effectively communicate that, that will work for, for you. Other than that, if when it comes to naysayers and you know, the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn police, like I call, I call them love hearts all the way, love heart, love hearts everywhere. So usually when you see more than about six love hearts that I've given out, I, that, that means they're trolling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It awesome, works. awesome strategy. <laughs> awesome. It works. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Um, Stella, that's, uh, that's really interesting what you're saying. And, um, and that brings me to another question which I have, and that is, you know, where is the line between being too businessy, if that is the word, and, you know, sharing some personal thing on LinkedIn? Because, you know, each and every one of us, probably we have a different threshold for, for that matter. So what is, what is your, you know, what is your balance putting, you know, business posts and, and the personal things on LinkedIn? I think it comes down to personality. 
I really believe that because some people are are just very formal people and that's okay. I'm very, very informal. And with that, I'm pretty much an open book. So I wear my heart on my sleeve. So when I'm talking about personal issues, especially on LinkedIn, I'm talking about personal issues that will affect my professional life. So again, this is what happens in everybody's life. So a lot of the personal stuff that I talk about affects a lot of other people, but they just haven't got the confidence maybe to share it with the rest of the world like I do. So again, there is a fine balance and there isn't a right or wrong answer. If you don't like what I put out on LinkedIn, it's okay keep it moving go to somebody else's post that you resonate with there you know there's no point on my post that i've got a gun and to anybody's head to to make a comment be it positive to be negative if you like what i put up you will engage if you don't like it it's absolutely fine i'm i'm there with 660 other million people putting posts on 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 linkedin you don't have to like mine and I don't have to like yours, but I don't need to be rude, abusive, threatening on anybody's post. I just keep it moving. I, you, you know, there are a lot of people I don't agree with. There are a lot of people I, 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 I don't like. I don't necessarily have to, 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 to share that opinion with, with them. I just, I just either block them or I just keep it moving. It's, I don't understand why people have a need to tell me what I should and shouldn't write on LinkedIn, whether or not it's personal or professional. Write whatever you want to write on any given day. And I stick by that. Right. I know that you mentioned already that you really like videos and doing videos. Um, and I wanted to ask you what other type of content you you actually prefer on LinkedIn and, and why? And actually dig a little bit deeper into, into videos because I think for many people, videos, I'm a video producer and I know that video is very intimidating for many people. You know, people, are, they, they don't like to do videos because they feel, you know, I'm standing in front of the camera, I look stupid, do I, don't I look stupid? And, uh, you know, and all these, all these things. So Tell me a little bit more about uh, the videos and how you actually craft the videos. And then if you have any other type of content which you prefer on LinkedIn. I'm so happy you brought that up because I'm one of them. I, I, I ne a lot of the times I don't even practice what I preach because I hate doing self videos. So videos of myself talking to camera and putting it out on LinkedIn, you will hardly ever find. In fact, you probably see one. What I do use is other people's videos. So I use videos, funny videos or videos that just pop up on my Instagram feed or my Facebook feed and I build content around it. That I'm really confident at doing. So again, you've got to work, you've got to find what works for you. Some people love being on videos, as in self videos, and eye to camera and come out and are brilliant at it. And there are others like myself, 
I hide behind my words. So I'm much more confident in putting out content, written content, than I am putting out a video. And again, there's no right or wrong way of doing things. I think a, what a lot of people will say is have a mix of different types of content you put out on, um, on LinkedIn. But I only say that depending on the type of client or job you are looking to attract. So, of course, if you're looking for, I don't know, work in TV, production, media, then the chances are you need to do these kind of videos, self-videos, you know, support, whatever, and be camera videos and, and all of that. Otherwise, if you need to be a creative where you're a content writer, then you need to do a lot of written work, right? So you've got to find what it is your market is actually looking for to then put the right content out so that your market, your potential employers, your potential clients can really resonate with that and think, okay, this is the right person they want for the job because they put their content in this particular manner that they like. So again, I say be varied, find a way that suits you, think about your target market, think about what job you're looking for, and then find the avenue into getting that job. And again, it's trial and error. There'll be some people who are brilliant at writing, who are not necessarily brilliant at videos. And there'll be some people who are brilliant at videos and not brilliant at writing. So you've got to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I think in uh, basically now in a digital world or um, around ourselves, you know, we live in an online world where we need to test things, right? And we need to see what works uh, for us, uh, what we are comfortable with, and also what works for our audience, what our audience wants sure. to, to see. So I think I think that's, that's really, really good. Um, and talking about the, uh, the, the different formats of, uh, of a post on, on LinkedIn, is there anything specific you like um, uh, with, with that, especially from the new formats, like uh, reintroducing the polls, for example, or um, what about LinkedIn stories? You mentioned you, you're also on Instagram, so you're very familiar with Instagram stories, and then LinkedIn brought the, the LinkedIn stories, right? Um, are you actually, I don't know if you have the, the feature because still it's rolling out in different countries, but um, if so, are you using it? What are your experiences with these new features like polls and LinkedIn stories? Funny enough, I like polls, but I like when other people ask me questions to do the polls. So I'll always engage on polls, but I never use it as part of my content because I haven't got a need to do a poll, I don't feel. And as and when I feel I need one, then I'll do it. But I love actually, you know, so like when you put out a poll, the chances are I'll engage in that poll because I also want to find out, you know, what's, you know, what the percentages are, who are the yes, who are the no's, whatever it is. In terms of LinkedIn stories, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, hand and heart, I genuinely haven't got time. I'm, I'm, I've got a full-time job and to do stories means that I have, I, I need again, almost like my, my phone on me 24 hours. I've got other work to do. Mm -hmm. So again, it really depends what works for, for you. I tend not to necessarily look at people's stories on LinkedIn because maybe it's a new 
feature. So I would tend to focus more on their content because I can get a lot more on their content um, from their stories. And of course, with stories, it disappears after 24 hours, right? Yeah. So if I've missed your story on a particular day and it was a brilliant one and you haven't put it up as a post, then the chances are I'm not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So again, you've got to be really careful on how you use your, your, your stories, both on, on, on any of the platforms, in all honesty. But stories are not something that I get necessarily excited by, but that's simply because it doesn't suit me, doesn't suit the, the time that I have to give to stories. Actually, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying and I'm, I'm practicing, I mean, uh, experimenting with, with stories uh, currently. And what I found is basically a, I'm trying to share some tips on my on my feed and um, more uh, of my personal things and behind the scenes for example and things like that I do as a story very quick you know just just a snapshot or or a short video and um, and what I actually like just recently LinkedIn brought that uh, the new or into the new feature another addition so you can actually share link so you can actually send people yes. uh, that there's a link and also there are some insights so you can see actually who saw your stories um, which is kind of kind of interesting and it's um, something new which um, yeah um, anyway i'm experimenting with that and um, i think and that's the i love the word experiment because that's the key thing mm -hmm. because if it's if if it's going to work for you you're only going to find out if you've tested it out because it might be something that might be really useful for you in the long run. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So again, the fact that you've used the word experiment, that is, it's so key on LinkedIn. Experiment, try different things out, try the different features that come in. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, move on to the next thing. So that it's, it, I, 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 you know, the fact that you're using the word exper experiment is key, is mm. definitely key. Still, I mentioned um, at the beginning uh, of our discussion on of, of our interview that um, you secured a rather big deal and big client right at the beginning when you started with your LinkedIn outreach. And I wanted to ask you, uh, did you have any specific strategy, like a step-by-step -step strategy or what, what did you do or, or how did it happen? So can you, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so... As I said, came back in 2017. Um, I just, I was a bit of a student of LinkedIn when I first came on. So I, I was looking around and seeing how people were put, were, were, you know, were generating leads, how they were putting content out. And then I decided that, okay, I'm a trainer. I need to tell people what kind of trainer I am, how I deliver training. And that's exactly what I did. And again, I've talked about being an informal type of person. That's exactly the same way I deliver training. I'm, I'm a very informal trainer. So um, I was putting out posts about the, um, the work I had done internationally. And then out of nowhere, as I said, within the first, I came back in the October um, of 2017. And by the December, I got um, a DM from a lady who I wasn't connected with. And all she, the first thing she said is, you keep popping up on my feed. 
I've seen a lot of the work that you've done. You keep popping up on my feed. I really like what you've done. And I'd like you to come and do some work um, for us in um, Saudi Arabia. And I was like, at first I was so skeptical. I was so skeptical. I thought it was a scam. I thought this doesn't happen to people like me. What's it on about? Anyway, had a Zoom call. And from me signing up back to LinkedIn in, in 2017, to um, me flying out to um, Saudi Arabia was literally weeks. So by the December she connected, in the January I was delivering um, training in Saudi Arabia for three weeks. That training in Saudi Arabia, I posted about, put it on my LinkedIn, got another connection who I wasn't initially connected to, liked what he saw on my LinkedIn, the kind of training I was delivering in um, Saudi Arabia. And then I got to come and work out here in Oman. And again, through that one client, I was delivering training the whole of 2018. I was on a plane from the UK delivering training every single month in Oman. And then while I was in Oman, I got um, invited to on a two-year contract to come and work out here full time. So this is how LinkedIn actually worked for me. While I was doing all that, I was getting invited to come and do um, work on um, podcasts. I was getting invited to do work on webinars. Um, I had another connection invite me to Singapore to come and um, guest speak in Singapore. So the opportunities were just endless. It was like work I, I didn't even think I could do was now happening. So while I was work, you know, waiting to come to Oman, I had connections wanting me to come and work on their LinkedIn strategies and their profiles, and they were going to pay me for it. So then I became sort of like a, a LinkedIn coach in that sense. And I was comfortably making money doing that. So the opportunities are just endless. And that was just literally me doing nothing special, just putting out posts, telling people exactly what I did and how I did it. That's it. There was no magic trick, no magic advertising, no magic marketing. I found that other people do, other connections do my marketing for me. Mm. Yeah. So that is another way I generate leads. Even now, I still get the odd DM asking me to come and do work for them, and I'm not looking for work. Mm. And that is just based on people, you know, knowing me as a brand and knowing exactly what I do so that when other people are maybe looking for a trainer in vocational qualifications, in vocational education, my name just seems to pop up in their minds because they just remember who I am. And there I get a recommendation. And as I told, um, and I know you've interviewed um, John Esperian, um, I told him a few years ago, I never had a business card and I never had a website because I just didn't need one. I always got my work through word of mouth and through LinkedIn. So I've, I've, I've never needed a website and I've never, I never had a business card. Absolutely. Awesome story, Stella. Um, it's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale, but... Um, it really, uh, well, it's a fairy, it's, it's a fairy tale. And sometimes I, 
I, I do kind of, even sitting here in Oman, sometimes I pinch myself and I think, oh my gosh, if I hadn't come back on LinkedIn in 2017, I will not be doing this podcast from Oman. It just wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't even be doing a podcast full stop with you. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So again, this is what I'm talking about, you know, especially for those listeners or connections who have this fear of putting content out, do it. Do it in the simplest way. You don't have to use big grammar. You don't have to use big words. Just say what you need to say from within. Hmm. Things happen. <laughs> Things really do happen on LinkedIn. And it has done for so many people. Yes. And you are the brightest example of all those. Um, I really love it. I love your story. And I think it's absolutely fantastic because it's well-deserved. You know, it's not a, you know, it's, uh, if I actually, when I said it's a, it's a fairy tale, it sounds like a, it's something magical, but it's not magical, is it? Because it was done by your work, because you came back to LinkedIn, because you put out the content, because you did all the things which um, resonated with your audience. That's why it happened. And um, so it's not any magical wand that you have and, and, and Stella in Oman is waving the magic wand and something is happening. No, it's a real groundwork which you have laid and, um, and you just, you're just reaping what you sow. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And having, and having good connections is key. And this is why people like myself, um, John Esperian, Jeff Young, we don't focus on the number of followers. It really is not about the numbers of followers. I got an amazing international gig, my first one in Saudi Arabia through LinkedIn with less than 200 people I was connected to. So again, people have this need to have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, but it might not necessarily bring, you might not have, uh, a return on investment on the number of followers. You will have a return on investment on the quality of connections you have on LinkedIn and how you engage with them. That's the key thing on LinkedIn. So again, I, 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 I sort of lost myself, you know, in about 2018 with wanting my 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 post and my content to go viral and to get all these thousands of likes and this that and the other and I did but did it bring anything in terms of return on investment no it just gave me a nice ego boost hmm. and it was the post where I really talked about the work I did and what value I could bring to you as a, as a potential employee and which had probably less than about 20 likes is the one that I got the most return on investment on. So again, it, the key thing here is to have really good connections within your network. Those are the ones who are actually going to do your marketing for you. Mm. So again, with you and me, for example, it was John who brought us together. And John Esperian, he's an amazing connector. He connect, He has this knack of finding the right people to connect to other connections and to get deals. And I'm talking big money deals going, going along. So that's the importance. So that means that 
I spend time engaging on John's content. He spends time engaging on mine. We become friends. We know about each other. We know what we're doing. When I have any problems with regards to LinkedIn, I have my go-tos on LinkedIn that I can go to and will give me tips for free where other people are charging for. And it's only because I have the right connections that I can do this with. So again, focusing on numbers and building a network of 40, 50,000 followers, that will come naturally. That comes organically, funny enough. And it was only recently that I looked at the number of followers that I had because it's something that I just didn't realize or just didn't even think to look at. And I thought, oh my God, I'm onto nearly 40,000 followers. Amazing. So again, focus on, you know, the right connections, not the numbers, not the numbers. Absolutely awesome content. Thank you very much, Stella, for, for all what you've, you mentioned in our interview. We could carry on and on, I guess. Um, and for sure. <laughs> so we'll have a I part I love talking two. about LinkedIn. We'll have a, we'll have a part two with, uh, with Stella from Oman. Stella, thank you very much once again for being on the show. And before we go... Uh, Please, can you invite people? Where can they find a little bit more about you? Probably LinkedIn is the right place. And LinkedIn literally is my platform of choice. So LinkedIn, Stella Da Silva. I've got two little stars by my name because Stella is star. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I am on Instagram at Stella Das. Um, and now I've just recently joined um, Clubhouse, mm -hmm. so at um, Stellalicious, but you can find me predominantly on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my platform and will always be my first love. Stella, once again, thank you very much for your time. And um, I hope that um, you will spend some uh, um, quality time when you're, you're, now, you're now in uh, quarantine. <laughs> so Yes, I'm in quarantine. <laughs> I've got my bracelets. So they're looking, they're, they're, I can't leave my house. <laughs> awesome. Again, Stella, thank you very much for your time. It was absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. A real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.